The Live Review Project was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long, located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members and developers. A shining beacon in space, all alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite. The year's space legs came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Lavian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 359 of Live Radio, the show that likes to talk about the Universal Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defia, Chief Archivist on Live Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Aid Levice, otherwise known as Ben Mosswoodwood. I seem to be stuck in the past, I'm afraid, Colin. It's, it's not my fault. If I leave the past... I get stuck and I get defeated by Q-bosses. That does sound like a bad episode from Star Trek The Next Generation. I was thinking below decks, but yeah. Sorry, lower decks. We also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Um, also joining us is our squeer, or, or squeer-in-chief, rather. That would be Commander Crash. Greetings, Commandos. Readings. I think uh, Commander Psychic is actually trying out the new um, um, Lemis Gate at the moment, so hopefully she'll be back with us next week. So let's go around the crew, see what you've been up to for the last week or so. We'll start with Shan because he's he's bursting to tell us about his latest project. Well, actually, I've been super busy this week. In game, I have been buying up all the tritium I can find because uh, I heard a rumor that the Hutton Truckers are short of members now, so mm-hmm. I'm not able to deliver any tritium um, mm-hmm. around the bubble. So I'm buying up all the tritium I can find because of a lack of Hutton truckers. Um, I've also been uh, experimenting at the thyroid crash sites to see what thyroid artifacts melt people uh, in preparation for dropping them in conflict zones. To oh see. yeah, we need that. We need that experiment. To, uh, so I've been, it, yeah. I've, I've been, been trying that, and mm-hmm. someone, someone's asked um, in, uh, in chat about test subject gamma. Yes, test, test subject gamma was installed last Saturday, and um, so far has completed the following tests. Um, it's completed the biological functions analysis test, so it's now eating and pooing and running and sleeping, so it's past the basic biological function analysis. 
Uh, it also successfully passed the dog escape and evasion tests. Um, but it also, it, but unfortunately, it failed the susceptibility to laser countermeasures. Um, so we should need to work on that one. And uh, also, uh, quite a um, interesting result in the audio behavior. Also, uh, a um, quite an interesting result in the audio behavior modification test, where it was discovered that the excellent guitar worker Brian May encourages it to run around the room crazy thing like a, like a blur of fur so that's this week's um tests on test subject gamma excellent well, i suppose that's that's good news for your um uh from your your project going forward um ben i can see that you are like i said trying out something new yeah i i've got a new world oh i'm gonna die there that looks scary and horrible uh, I went off and got New World, and uh, after basically queuing for a wee while, um, I managed to get in. And if I leave, I've heard of queues of over 7,000. So I am not leaving. So how does the queuing work there, Ben? Do you just sort of join, if you crash out, what, you then have you to join show the you, Shan? Well, No, because you're, you're actually playing. <laughs> oh. I'm going to get people drunk early this, this week. So in Guild yeah. Wars 2, when Guild Wars 2 launched, um, you, obviously you chose your server to play on. But yes. if that server was full and you had to queue to get on it, it would create a temporary server that you could join, get on and play, and then it said, your server is now available. Do you want to transfer back over? And okay. it would then move you. So could you do anything? Mean, could you do anything meaningful on that temporary server? Yeah, it was just like it was just like you could play the game normally. Then all your progress and everything was carried over to your proper server. Well, that's interesting. Okay, when, yeah. When your queue was done. Well, I like I like that. At the moment, the queue is you're in a queue. You're at position N out of N. Does it have a really annoying voice? It goes, "Thank you for your time. You are now." Thankfully, in a no, queue. it doesn't. Time is really important to us. No, thankfully, it doesn't have that. Um. I'm enjoying it so far, I can say that. Uh, oh, and it's got some moats. Um, you know, I, can, I, I can do a moat. I know. See? I can I can dance. And from if launch, to. too. And from launch, too. It's a, it's a crazy idea. <laughs> um, right. I, I have to admit, it's very pretty. That's about the only thing I'm willing to say at the moment. What are you I doing? Think, I was picking flowers. I thought you were just crouching in the bushes as some sort of biological function analysis. Oh, I, I think I can... Um, there is a sit command. Yeah. Oh, a, oh, a sit. Oh, thank goodness for yeah. that. Just sit. Sit. Just sit. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, that would know. be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> I bet you star citizen will give you that kind of crap. Um, Claxine has said, do the emote slash fart. I don't know if that works, but I'll try. No. Oh, dear. Um, Apparently, unless there are hidden ones, I've got sit, flex, go here, wave, no, cheer, dice, thumbs up, dance, and rock, paper, scissors, and fist bump. Oh, uh, you've got premium emotes. Is it pay to emote? It's pay to emote. Um, it is, so, yeah, pay to emote. And breast skins. There we go. Pay for, pay for skins. Hmm. Um, I have no idea how many how much money 13,000 coins is, but I don't think it even looks that good, so... Yeah, maybe somebody does. Let me see. Let me see how much... Okay, let me see how much it costs me to get. Okay, so 15 quid would get me 20,000. 
Wow, that's can you earn them in game? I have no idea. He's only just managed to get on. He's scared that one small uh, tap on the router, and that's it. Is another. <laughs> well, oh yes, that's what uh, Sham was at. I know there is apparently a grace period if you you know if something happens and you come back in. I don't know how long that grace period is though. Oh right, so basically your slot is available for about five minutes yeah. as long as you try and get something, back in. Something along those lines, probably. Yeah. Right. Um, Apparently, fishing's quite good. That's what I was actually going to do whilst we're doing the show. Playing with your rod already. Too right. Oh, dear. Right. Well, we'll move on from um, such uh, medieval escapades. Um, Crash, bring us up to date. What have you been up to? I, I am bang up to date, or at least I am now. Last week I was, uh, you know, in the... Was it thirty third century? I don't know. I was I was I was a hundred years prior to the current date. Now I uh, for my stream last week, I went back and did a little bit of Frontier Elite Two. Only me, classic. Gotta got love it. Gotta love it. It's it's just timeless. I I love going back to it. The nostalgia was real, and that was for something else, which I'm not going to mention. There was a, a certain anniversary last week. Well, we can get onto that later. Um, but yeah, I, I I did that I did that for the stream. It was, it was good fun. Um, mainly, it was it was really odd week. On Monday, I updated my drivers. I got my latest Nvidia drivers. The, the update seven came out. I think it was Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah. And tried it out immediately. Had relatively bad experience. It was almost no better in a lot of scenarios. I'm like, oh my god, what's going on with this? You know, lowest settings, still sub 30 FPS in, in most locations. Didn't know what was going on. So I thought, well, Friday, we'll do Frontier. And then on the weekend, tried it again. Suddenly, I'm sat here now in a concourse, well over 60 FPS, out in space, I'm up, I'm up into the high hundreds. I've, I've never had this level, even in Horizons, and it's finally using my GPU. <laughs> so I'm happy with update seven as it stands. <laughs> well, lucky for you. <laughs> it's I don't know what happened. I can't explain it. I didn't do anything special. I'm just suddenly getting playable frame rates. So yay. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, I, um, my week has been uh, rather mixed. Um, there has not been um, a colon to Colonia this week, mostly because of update seven. And I'll explain why in a minute. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I, it hasn't been as successful for me as, as other people. So, yeah. Um, so I've been doing a little bit of other things like, um, actually getting further with Skyrim than I ever have before, which normally I give up after about 10 hours, but this time I'm really into it, which is bizarre. Uh, tried out a bit of extra No Man's Sky just to see what, if it was worth giving it another go and I'll, as usual I love the walking around the planet stuff and then it ruins it when you get into the spaceship uh, and um, that's basically been my week as well so um, it's been a very busy week as far as development news is concerned for Elite Dangerous so we're going to hit hit straight in so on Wednesday as uh, Crash previously noted, uh, update seven dropped. Now, there's quite a lot here. Um, first of all, we'll just quickly go over the list, of, unless, of course, people <laughs> want me to skip. Um, 
big one was the anti-air turrets within conflict zones. Then you had uh, also enforcer units, which are now present in conflict zones. Um, the redirection of the Apex taxi, new variations in the, so uh, in the social hubs. Um, the biggie that everyone seemed to enjoy was increased module and bookmark storage. Uh, and one that I is quite close to my heart, but not as close to the Thargoids, is that this heart bug appears to be fixed. Um, appears to be, but we'll you know, have to go through it. So, um, I mean, those were the main highlights. Uh, ben, you've got some highlights of your own. I do indeed. So I'm going back up to the show notes because you've gone through them and you skipped down there very, very quickly. Um, so I did find that the, I like the fact that the uh, sentiment AI is trying to re-enable a building's atmosphere if it's been disabled. Uh, I think that's a good thing. Um, slightly upset because that was a great way to murder people. Um, and I wonder if they're going to be able to do that quickly enough. All right, so you um, can murder people by switching off the atmosphere and... Yeah, you and... turn off the atmo, and if they haven't got a suit, they're dead. Oh, right. Oh, I mean, it's, it's amazing the ways we come up to murder people, isn't it? Um, I'm a bit upset. I've not tried this. I wasn't aware of it, obviously. But enforcers are engaging... Uh, engage at suitable distances for rocket launchers if they're outside. And I just... It, I just love the idea of these rocket troopers doing their thing in the middle of, like, the science lab or something like that. I think that would be absolutely hilarious. Uh, and I'm kind of upset that they went off and fixed that bug, to be honest. Well, that issue. So basically, when they're inside, they use their pistols instead. Yeah. Just like any sensible XCOM player would. As soon as you, you know, you... you you take your rocket man, and then as soon as they go on the flying saucer, you use your pistol and not the rocket. Yeah, that's a bit of a, that's a, yeah, bit of a shame. That's a bit of a shame, really, because they were like the uh, average Quake or Doom player in using a rocket launcher. Oh, rocket ain't great fun, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our troopers should have been able to rocket jump, and I feel let down that both them <laughs> and us can't. Quad damage. <laughs> <laughs> um, this I'm not so sure about actually apparently the arc cutter can work through obstructions for example other players does it kill them <laughs> well Sally made a comment of yikes that sounds painful and I bet it does um, we could test it on you Ben we could try and chop you up with an arc cutter and see if you like I'm, I'm terribly afraid to say that I'm stuck in the past at the moment <laughs> um, otherwise, I, otherwise, yeah, yeah, otherwise, I'd be. Oh, sorry, on a, on Colin. Colin will volunteer. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a good one. I'm delighted by this because this really did, you know, this did my head in. That the loading time has been significantly decreased when opening the system map. Because mm. um, yeah, I mean, it took forever loading that system map. Yeah, even after the optimizations of let's not load in the templates. Like the te all the textures, it still took a while to load everything in. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm still I'm still having issues with the map because occasionally it seems to lose focus and you can't get back. You know, you've got to completely yeah. quit the map and try again. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm not going to get into that. Um, yeah, don't get angry. Get even. No, don't, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this. 
it's more for the 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 comment at the side here that I'm like, what's going off here? The external panel added a new UI for redirecting Apex shuttles. Uh, right. Apex shuttles in flight. Okay, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, added um, by so yeah, do your stuff. That's fine. But then they're saying dropships and scripted taxis cannot be redirected. Now, okay, we know exactly what dropships are. Yeah. What on earth is a scripted taxi? Isn't that for um, actually going on a mission on a taxi then? Or can you still redirect? I would assume it isn't because, you know, you, st- you go to Apex Interstar and say, can I, hi- can I hire this? You know, they don't know you're doing it for a mission. Could a scripted taxi be when you call a taxi and it's on its way, you can't redirect it when it's on its way to you. You have to wait for it to land, board it, and then redirect it. That could be a point. Oh, I'd, I'd imagine you can't... So you're saying a scripted taxi could be a taxi that you've summoned, basically? Yeah, yeah. you know, you're stuck in the middle of a plant and you just summon, a, yeah. summon a, a taxi then. Maybe. I don't think... It, I, it's not what I would... I, I wouldn't call that a scripted taxi, but maybe Frontier do. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I just I thought that was it. Just made me think, what on earth is this, basically? <laughs> yeah, um, uh, shorty. Sorry, is, isn't the scripted taxi like in the intro tutorial? Could be. Yeah, speculation. Yeah. Um, crash. What's your speculation? <laughs> that, well, yeah, that's why I need my alarm going. I think. Yeah, no, I was just thinking that that would make a really nice thing for, uh, you know, like flashback missions and uh, letting you have, you know, these interesting scenarios you could take part in, something like that, you know. <laughs> but no, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing Ben's probably right. It's just an internal name for, like, you know, uh, scripted taxi class, you know, it's, uh, it's something internal, I guess. <laughs> yeah, um, right, Shan, have you actually then mucked about in CZs with turrets then? Um, well, I tried that on a couple of ships and stuff, and the, the turrets seem to be very OP against a lot of ships, so it, it makes taking them out almost mandatory before you can bring a ship in. So whether whether that's a good game change, I haven't done enough of the CZs on ships to really tell. I mean, I'd have preferred it to make it damaging to get a ship in, so it's a good idea rather than mandatory to get rid of the, the turrets. But I, I, given the havoc gunfire's caused, yeah, I'm probably wavering on the side of the turrets being about right. Say, given what the alternative is. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I've been involved in a couple of uh, CZs over the weekend, which had other players flying around in ships, and I will admit that um, once those turrets opened up, they did seem to make short work of um, of player ships. Uh, Thankfully, I was on the side of the turrets, so <laughs> I wanted them to shoot the other players down. But um, yeah, I can see it, it. It could be a bit of a disadvantage for uh, an attacking group. But do, the the turrets. Do we think they're about the same size or smaller than the turrets that are on ships? I think they're bigger than the turrets on the ships. You think they weigh more than sixteen tons, which I think is the size of a class four. I think they are, actually. I think they are. They're, they're absolutely, well, they're, they're what, about four metres high? Because we're about two metres high, because you can get, the, it's like two persons height, really, isn't it? And well, uh, I think the size of the players is sort of variable, because someone worked out that when they're sitting in the cockpit, 
the length of the legs and stuff, about five foot six. And if you look in VR, it looks like you're about 10. <laughs> uh, but then when you come out of the ship, I, I'm not sure if you grow. When you... No, I was just curious because if they are, I'm glad they've made them bigger than the one than the ships because therefore it makes the firepower sensible that they have a heavy hitting. Yeah. If they were the same size, it would be almost like the uh, held hand, held, held weapon thing again. Yeah. I mean, have you been involved in any CZs that had enforcers turn up? Uh, I didn't notice any because mm. I, I was um, I was zerging, so I didn't notice. Oh, right. Got you. Um, that's one thing I've got to try because I, didn't, I haven't seen the, any yet. Um, and the... Uh, I don't want to take my uh, SRV into one of those just to find out how how much they kick. Because to tell you the truth, the hand weapons kick enough. I thought. Well, you're expecting your forces like fire a rocket and then be propelled backwards, like in a cartoon or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do, do we also know if they have a limited ammo? Uh, we don't at the moment. I am assuming they don't because you know it's NPCs. And they always seem to cheat. Well, that, that <laughs> that's the dead end of that question. <laughs> no, no, I was, I was just thinking of where where I've seen where you know because we know NPC ships cheat because they have infinite chaff and stuff like that. They just don't. It's always been claimed. Oh no, they have the same amount as the players, but they don't. Um, I have never actually tracked down anybody who said that they're the same as the players. Uh, Frontier did, I think. Ages ago, when claims of NPC crew uh, chips cheating was raised, I think Sandro said, "Oh, yes, they do have limits. It's just that they seem to have a lot more limits than we do." Well, they probably they probably have a full material set of stuff being able to generate heat sinks. Yeah, <laughs> it might just be communication issues. That's that's going yeah. to be the watchword for anything we're not happy with from now on. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, I've got communications issues with Shan. <laughs> yeah, it's uh... it's an ongoing thing. Um, is anybody <laughs> actually <laughs> has anybody noticed the new social hubs? You know, the new designs in the around the bars and and around the uh, additional areas. I have, but it it, it just looks like the um, they've gone to IKEA and chosen a different set of the same furniture. Mm. It's Although still I'm better a... than what they did in Babylon 5 and just changed the piece of the cardboard out, though. <laughs> um, although, I must admit, all of a sudden I see stargates everywhere. Has mm-hmm. anybody seen the arches that seem to have yeah. appeared everywhere? You know, that's, all... <laughs> that's better than nothing. Um, no, the <laughs> the one thing that... I mean, I haven't had to use a, an APAC uh, an apex taxi, so I don't know how the redirects actually working. Um, I'm just assuming that it's it's okay. Yeah, Colin, a quick question about apex taxis. If, if this is going back to adders, I don't want to know. Well, I was going to ask a question: if they weren't adders but Cobra Mark Threes, would you use them more? What if they were Cobra Mark Threes instead of adders? Yeah. Um, actually, I probably would. I quite. I. I it's the Cobra Mark Three. So, uh, follow-up question then. Mm-hmm. If you could pay extra, because say like the, I think the uh, Apex Shuttle have a hundred and something light year range, don't they? In call yeah. attack. If you paid extra and got an Aspect Explorer and that allowed you to go 200 light years, 
would that be something people would use? Oh, now there is an interesting thought. You know, I think I would. Space limos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I could get, if I could go off and hire, especially if, oh, sorry, I'm now, I'm now going into fantasy land again. You know, if I could, say, get a dolphin and actually make use of all of its facilities whilst I'm in the taxi, I would love that. But that would require ship interiors, Ben, which we all know. I know, I know, I know, no I know. There's no gameplay there. You know, yet more communication issues, because we all yeah. know there is gameplay, issue, gameplay there. Yeah, but again, the, yeah. Think, yeah, well, we're not going to go into yeah, that. We'll go into that. Yeah. But, I do, but if we have the ability to, to do all these things... And you could actually make use of the taxi in a proper way, even if you just had okay, this is a long range taxi and it's an Asp Explorer. This is if our taxis could be interdicted and you could maybe go off and hire a better armored one rather than an Asp Explorer as well, that would be another benefit. You, know, you go hire like a heavy taxi or something, but it'll take you into more risky areas. You mean you'd be able to, to um, take control of a turret on the ship when it's interdicted? Oh, well, yeah, I would like that. Yeah, um, I'd, li- I'd like that as well. But um, uh, I think they've they've made it so yeah, that it's all very it. vanilla and safe. Yes, um, I think they've made it that way because yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I completely agree. If, if there's no player agency, there can't be danger. Exactly. But if they gave us some player agency and let us defend ourselves, that's suddenly you all of a sudden you've got a bit of gameplay there. Well, within, yeah. within thirty seconds, I would be on the turret, um, on on the taxi, shooting, You'd the, be station shooting the station. Yeah, yeah. So okay, well, you can you can go off and you can fix that by limiting it so that you can only go to the station. You can only go on the turret when you're being attacked. I mean, like in Star Wars, where they don't actually. They actually go into the um, turrets, don't they, in the Millennium Falcon? Yeah. Which I must admit, having played X-Wing Alliance, it's a lot more difficult to use than you think. (laughs) I I must admit, I never thought I'd say this, but I think I prefer the elite dangerous method of using a turret rather than than the X-Wing Alliance version. So I haven't. I've not played X-wing Alliance, but I have. I've been running turrets in Star Citizen, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's in a first-person perspective. You are in the turret, yeah. and you know you're moving the turret as you would move a turret. Um, and so long as I'm using using my mouse, it's great. I think. You, you know what multi-crew combat system I like, don't you, Ben? What multi-crew combat system do you like, Shan? The one in Bridge Crew, it's really good, isn't it, Ben? The Bridge Crew I, one. I wouldn't know. But I do know that Colin couldn't invite us last night because he was uh, having other issues. So Communications not... issues. Yeah, <laughs> communications yeah. issues. So we're not upset with Colin tonight. <laughs> no. Nobody got to play Bridge Crew last night oh. due, to, due to communications issues. Due to communications issues, yes. <laughs> Although I did manage to crack through, I think a season of uh, of the expanse. So I'm I'm catching you up, Ben. Okay. Oh, cool. So, so you had to what? You had a Sign Torch TV show, but not fixed your Star Trek bridge crew. I see. It wasn't Colin's yeah. one that was the problem. It was his mates. Exactly. So anyway, moving on. Um, 
Now, obviously, there's the AMD CAS has been re-added, which is mutually exclusive to the FSR, which is... all makes sense. Yeah, um, basically, I'm... That that's like talking far off Jibberobian to me. Um, <laughs> obviously, the increased module and bookmark storage. I think everybody can agree that's a double thumbs up. I find that a little bit unexciting, to be honest. It's like coming back and having a bigger wardrobe. Mm. And your problem with a bigger wardrobe? Well, it's kind of like if I've only got two t-shirts and a pair of underpants, I don't need it. Yeah, exactly. I don't. But, anyway, uh, I want yeah. It's it's nice, I suppose, to have more room for your socks and boxer shorts. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice, it's good, excellent. Not complaining. Excellent news there. Uh, and then on top of that, we finally seem to have a fix with Thargoid Heart. It doesn't seem to be a hundred percent fixed, but it. Uh, I think most people have have said is about ninety five percent fixed. Um, it turns out that um, damage was being applied to the local space of the Thargoid, but each client was rotating the Thargoid locally, like in the, uh, a player's personal session of the game, so the hearts for everybody's session would be in different places. So nobody could ever hit the heart. It is my, it's, it's very much like... Um, the three sides to every story because basically there's your side there's your friend's side and then there's the truth <laughs> <laughs> yeah. multiplied by the number of peer-to-peer sessions See, I, I, I don't think I'll fight Thargoids anymore I'll, I'll just uh, slip salvation a couple of drugs and let him do it <laughs> oh, so that one does sound good they have put in a fix and confirmed that the fix uh, to sort out the community go- community goals has gone in okay, um, so that's uh, that's double thumbs up. Overall, um, what was your impression of uh, update seven crash? Of, um, well, you've, you've said it; it's really, really yeah. good for you, isn't it? Well, it it was, and then it wasn't, and then it was. It it's kind of hot and cold. Um, like I said, the first day I tried it and. Uh, some things were improved, other things weren't significantly better, and some things had managed to get worse, and I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Um, but then, like I said, at the moment, for most of the things I'm doing, I- I'm getting reasonable frame rates at ultra settings. It's the first time I've been able to run it at ultra settings. <laughs> so, uh, in that respect, it's good. Um, but in other respects, my ASP just landed sideways on the surface of this planet for no reason. <laughs> so, you know, still problems, still things that need to be sorted out. I, for no reason, you mean you accidentally landed sideways? <laughs> no, I just called it back and it just landed sideways. All oh, right, you summoned it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's obviously still weird things. I mean, I'm seeing mm-hmm. things like um, on the scanner HUD, for example, um, any contacts on the ground when I'm in the SRV, are appearing to be about 100 feet in the air, but I can still mm. target them normally. So there's there's weird little offset bugs, which I still, you know, like, like the, the Thargoid heart thing, I think there's, you know, there's some networking desyncs and, and you know, the, the positional coordinate systems are still, are, are getting offset in weird ways, which is causing a lot of these bugs that we're seeing. Um, and I kind of theorized on it a, a couple of weeks ago on, on, on the stream, um, was talking about, you know, I'm wondering whether or not the issue with the offsets is the uh, the nav meshes were mentioned in in the updates, which I, which is why I'm seeing, I'm, I think I'm seeing some performance improvements. You can imagine the nav mesh is like an invisible set of polygons over the top of the environment, which gives the NPCs 
uh, clues uh, as locations to walk to to get upstairs and things like that. Um, my thought was as if the nav set had been offset a couple of meters to the side or into the ground or something like that, then the NPCs would look for the next location to get down a staircase and it would be in the ground, which they couldn't physically reach. So then they would do all weird things like stand still or, um, you know, they, uh, the, the frame rate would go through the floor because the algorithm is trying to find the next location for them to go to and it can't find it and eventually it gives up and, and tries to do something different, um, which seems to be bearing some fruit now that does seem like since they've improved the nav mesh stuff i'm seeing some improvements so fingers crossed they're on the right path uh yeah i mean okay sean um yeah there's a uh, the way i can describe it is i can see that frontier have done a lot of hard work to get things better so that's mm -hmm. that's that's the positive thing you can see they put a lot of effort in um so, but for me, it just launched with quite a few really annoying bugs, and it made you think, "Why didn't you test this before you release it?" So, it was the things like the uh, my menu in my carrier wouldn't work, wouldn't work properly. I couldn't get it to select the menu when I was in the carrier. If I went to Horizons, it worked perfectly well, but it was just loads of little bugs and. Um, I like to play in windowed borderless, so I can just flick between the screen and Netflix and browse, you know, between yeah. screens. But it seems to have broken that in that if I move my mouse to select something in a galaxy map, for example, it will, or even if I'm in, a, in an FPS and using the mouse, if I move my mouse over to the other screen, it won't lock the mouse to the first screen. When I'm in the game window, it will just kind of carry on over. And so I end up having to play in full screen and then um, have to turn it back again or have it minimize when I'm doing other stuff. So it kind of, for me personally, felt a bit like putting a... Um, uh, a, a, a new uh, a new lip gloss on the porcine, um, but I, I can see where they're trying like that. Right, um, crash just quickly. Yeah, I was just going to say testing uh, things in games is is always been a bugbear in the industry. It's something which is it's very difficult to do. So you know I I, I, I give them some leeway there in that sense. But yeah, you're you're right, Sean. I, I wish in some way there was uh, better testing going on with what can be easily done um even if the like the more complex systems can't be tested in any reasonable way just simple things like ui stuff that should be easy to test that should be sorted okay um ben uh what's your impressions been of uh, update seven then for me it's been running okay but i can't really complain because update six was running okay as well mm. you know the everything else yeah it's it's little nices to haves mm. um I haven't tried the Rocket Troopers because um, I've not really done any of that stuff. I've just been hooning about, basically. Um, so, it's, you know, what, we, what I've seen is nice, and the FPS and things like that is behaving itself for me. Cool. So, well, perhaps, you know, I'm, I can't complain anymore, can I, really? <laughs> no, uh, I, I guess not. Um, unfortunately, I've got to say that I didn't have a good experience. Um, I think update seven is the first time I actually had a. Each of the updates we've had, I've had a slight improvement in performance, so to the point where um, I'm getting a reasonable forty-five frames a second on my on my uh, gameplay session. But 
only at low quality. But unfortunately, with Update 7, that seems to have plummeted down to um, the upper 20s and lower 30s. And on top of that, I've got the same... Um, I can't do my exploration anymore because my clipper lands 100 metres up in the air <laughs> and just stays there. And I, um, if I drop out of my SRV, I can't... I have to log out of Odyssey, go back into the base game, and then back again. And uh, it's been reported, but I, I just found that so... Because because the actual exploration and the plant scanning has been one of the mainstays that I've been enjoying with this, to have that suddenly taken away, I found that quite quite a kick in the um, particulars. Shan? Yeah, in response to you, um, Colin, I mean, don't you feel as though, as far as Update 7 is concerned, don't you feel like... Uh, some people have got the petrol or, or an electric car and perfectly happy and zooming around madly, and you're the one stuck in the queue for three hours at a petrol station. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's kind of you're hearing crash. Oh, I get a million frames per second and stuff like that. And then I see other people struggling with 15. You just think, get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I must admit, it, it has been a bit of a frustration this time round. I mean, I don't know. If this... Sorry, Colin, I thought you'd finished there. No, I think I, I think it just cut out. Um, yeah, it's been a frustrating time this time round, and uh, it's, that's why I've been playing other games is because it has it has become a little bit unplayable, and I think it was especially the fact that the inter what was it uh, the oh the interdiction bar bars have disappeared. It's a known bug. Yeah. yeah, if you're interdicted, you don't get the red and blue bars at the moment because they've actually been shifted around ninety degrees. So if you look at if you look at your right window, you'll see them. And that's basic <laughs> testing. Sorry, you know that's kind of like. Well, see, th this is the thing where I find it really difficult. Sorry to jump in, but it, it's. I, I understand their pain with it. It's something where they could have tested a, a bunch of different scenarios with that. And not seen the one scenario which produces that. It it is possible still that that could happen, and this is the issue with having like a hundred developers working on something. They're all doing different changes at the different time. Someone might have shifted or offset all of the cockpits to make them work correctly for some bug that was happening, but then someone else was was working on something which meant that the interdiction HUD didn't get shifted along. You know what I mean? That there is yeah. possible things that that can yeah. happen. I've seen that. So. Uh... Persisk is asking an obvious question is obvious. Oh, obvious statement is obvious. Are your drivers up to date? Yes. No, they're not qualified. <laughs> There's a three month wait before our drivers are qualified. No, yeah. seriously, my, my drivers are up to date. Um, but uh, I had a, a fix on them, I think, on Thursday. So, yeah. That's and they still not fixed it? No. That that's the weird thing. Sorry, that so that's what happened to me, Colin. I was really, really strange. I updated my drivers on the Monday. I updated the game on the Wednesday. Had bad performance, but by the Thursday and Friday, I had good performance. So I'm wondering whether there was some Windows thing or something. Have you done a complete restart or shutdown since? Oh God, yeah. I, I shut yeah. down and restart every day. 
it's really peculiar. I can't nail it down to a particular behavior. I don't know what it is, but I mean, that that's so, I mean, you can imagine like the difficulty that we're having re- reproducing things. That's exactly what Frontier is fighting internally, trying to figure out what is the scenario which causes these odd behaviors for some people, but not others. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I've been, I've, it's quite ironic. I'm actually faced with that kind of situation in, <laughs> yeah. in my professional life at this moment in time. Um, <laughs> that's the the reason for the for the crunching that I'm having to do at the moment, <sighs> and it, it's not the best. Anyway, um, yeah. So overall, I think everybody is. We've got two positives, a maybe positive, and a not positive. So um, positive overall, I guess. <laughs> I'm trying to be nice, Colin. I try not to be too stating it because, as I say, I. Uh, some of the bugs I uh, just shook my head out and thought, oh my goodness me. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there is. Uh, I mean, on Wednesday, they, they did the bookmark fix and the power play fixes from Odyssey. We had the, the Horizons update uh, and some small, nice things. Uh, Friday, the updated was 7.01, which fixed um, a lot of the issues. Um, I must admit, on update 7, they had one hilariously um, big bug where plasma generators did a redonkulous amount of damage. Um, now, I I got done by uh, someone who was hanging around the uh, refugee ships, as you know, as, as you do, you know, you're bringing everybody back and then all of a sudden you get one plasma ball up the, up the tailpipe and that's it. You're gone. <laughs> Anybody else suffer from that? I well, I haven't suffered. I was busy that the, that night. And what I wanted to do was load up a Type 10 with <laughs> a Type 2 plasma accelerators and try and see if it would blow up a station or a castle ship or something. Just oh, no. The, those don't work, but it certainly worked on the players. There uh, was, no, um... no, Paul. I, I, wasn't, I would never blow Colin up. I'm much too nice to blow Colin up. No, let's be honest. If he'd seen the opportunity, he would have done it. No, I, I was done with done by a, com- a commander who, whose name rhymes with sleeper. So yeah, <laughs> it was quite funny because all of a sudden everybody got scared because even the griefers began to realise, oh, hang on, I could get one shot here. <laughs> uh, that that was a moment of revelation. Uh, yeah, because yeah, people were taking out hydras and stuff like that in about two shots, weren't they? Yeah, it it, it was ridiculous, and uh, yeah, so that fix went in on Friday. Um, do you remember? Do you remember when in, they had the engineering fixes? Mm-hmm. There was a bug, wasn't there, which sort of led the uh, plasma accelerators to fire at the same rate as multi cannons on NPC ships. Do you remember that? Um, was that the one where um, the game started to give the NPCs ridiculously powerful weapons and ships? Yes, you'd have a, multi, you'd have a, a plasma accelerator with the same rate of fire as a multi-cannon. Yeah, yeah I remember that now. That, that's quite good. Right. Um, well, obviously, we had the stream today with uh, Sally and Arf, and we got details of update eight. Now we're going to discuss update eight in the main section because um, there was quite a lot there to unpack. Um, The stream went, I think, probably the best stream they've had 
for quite a while, actually. Uh, did anybody else see it? I caught the tail end as I was cooking tea, and this is the problem yeah. with the, the streams that they do. It's like, I'd love to watch them, but they're on at such odd times of day that I always yes, miss them. Yes, they're on at lunchtime, like they used to be. Mm. I mean, I, I was busy with Test Subject Gamma at that time, so I yeah. missed it. I know, they've got it on, like, when we're working. Yeah, that that is a bit I, of a... I appreciate they're working too. Uh, but, oh, it's, it's uh, yeah. Need to get need to get the CM team on a late shift. I think two to ten. Well, I mean, on Thursdays they do that though, don't they? Yeah, they, they do. do. Thursdays they're late, but Tuesdays they're they're early. There's no commitment. They should work out at lunchtime like everyone else does. Right. Well, uh, like I said, we will touch on this subject later on. Um, obviously, we're going to go over what's been happening in the galaxy itself. Well, on the 22nd of September, Salvation took credit for repelling the Thargoids. Um, the anonymous man of science Salvation has claimed responsibility for the Thargoids' unexplained departure from the Khonsar system. Um, it was quite interesting that we never saw it, what the weapon was that he used or anything like that. Anybody Are you surprised, got Colin? Are you surprised, Colin? I mean, can you imagine if players actually saw it, the amount of effort that was involved to make something yeah. that the players actually saw. I mean, it's like when they did the um, notice event with the Thargoids suddenly turning up. No one actually saw them. They just tried to undock and was instantly ganked by Thargoids. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm not surprised no one saw it because if they had, if they'd put it in the in the gown there, oh, Commander saw a bright blue flash and then all fed Thargoids, they'd have had to put a bright blue flash in the game. So I'm not surprised. Fair enough. Um, no, this is this week's community gold is San Kruger is now seeking new holiday worlds. Um, this is an initiative to gather data to on potential tourist destinations has been launched by the shipbuilding corporation San Kruger. Um, the, the luxury passenger ship manufacturer aims to identify new Earth-like planets that will be attractive to holiday holiday makers these trips will be managed by its subsidiary astrogator tours now um obviously you don't have to scan uh, earth-like planets but um if you do there is a chance that you could get a tourist beacon named after you and we'll we'll probably touch on that later in the show as well on the 24th of September, progress has been reported between the Federation and Yuri Gom, uh, Grom. Rather. Negotiations between the Federation and the self-styled dictator Yuri Grom uh, are underway to determine the Delta Pavianus system's allegiance. Um, apparently, it's going quite well, and I think that's mostly because um, of the vast amount of vodka that seems to be consumed there at the moment. And finally... Um, the Vox Galactica has done a profile profile on salvation. Is this salvation friend or foe? Um, and I think we'll we'll have to leave that there. So, I mean, the the storyline seems to have taken a bit of a backseat this week. Not really uh, a surprise. Um, not. It seems like that. Oh, we're all excited. We've we've done all our exciting stuff before. It seems to be calming down a little at the moment. Yes, they have a Constar release to hit, don't they? <laughs> I mean, pacing, story pacing-wise, I'm a little bit surprised it's calmed down because usually when you have when you when you look at a story, you have a big event, don't you? That everyone talks about, 
Yeah. And you don't normally drop the, the pace of the story down for a little while. You don't just like stop and then next episode, you know, you're back to a filler episode. I, I don't know. I think the pacing is a bit strange in this one. Yeah, I, well, I think it's more along the lines of what uh, the release and uh, of Update Seven came along at the same time. I think that's they're concentrating on on that, and then they'll be coming back to the plot to fill in until Update Eight. So that would imply they were developers doing one thing or the other, and not doing both. Um, no, I, I just feel that um, you know, the it'll be easier for them to manage uh, the situation if they're doing big updates and the story is quiet in the background while they're doing a big update. Anyway, um, could we please go to the store alert? Store alert! We have a new kinetic rifle skin. The Karma AR-50 Huntsman is now in store. So like the um, SMG that was available uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we've now got a rifle that looks like a zebra. <laughs> um, for those of you that like flying ships, the Ferdinand's has now the pol- uh, polarity paint job, which I actually quite like the look of. Um, Chan. Yeah, I was going to say, if I was spending arcs on Frontier and so forth, I think I would be tempted by the red version of the polarity. Because mm-hmm. uh, it just seems to suit the Fertilance. I mean, as standard, the Fertilance comes in red and white, doesn't it? It does. Which, it always kind of bugs me, though, because if you look at the model of the Fertilance in the standard paint job, it comes with uh, chipped paint. So it's like buying a new car and finding you've got stone chips on it. But... Um, with the black and the red, I think it looks quite cool. Mm. Um, well, I will say one thing: that is definitely uh, Doctor Who's ship because if you could, he always know that he likes to uh, go backwards in those because he's reversing the polarity. Dumb tish. Yeah, <laughs> I have probably, I probably screwed that one up. I do so apologise. Uh, so is there a label on one of the en- engines that says neutron flow? <laughs> that's what we need um, although I suppose if you're, if you're going around a neutron star and you're scooping from a neutron star then you know you are reversing the polarity on the neutron flow so uh, yes that's a challenge for someone <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile I think uh, I think like Ben's dying in the background right I will take a short ad break and then we'll be back with our main discussion Are you struggling with paying fines? Do you lose sleep in hyperspace worrying about docking at the next space station? If the answer is yes, then you need to call Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services. I got scanned while in Federation space and was caught carrying slaves. It was an unexpected expense that I couldn't afford on top of my fines for damage caused whilst docking. We can help you consolidate all your existing fines into a single large fine, payable in regular instalments at what is almost a competitive interest rate. 
I called Cowell and McGrath Fine Management Services and they helped me pay my existing fines before I got a bounty on my head. They really saved my life. At Cowell and McGrath, we've helped thousands of pilots whose fines had spiralled out of control. I dared not go near a police star system. I got so desperate that I'd almost resign myself to a life of piracy. Luckily, I found Cowell and McGrath services before I actually murdered anyone in cold blood. No fines too big, no criminal record too damning. We're here to help you, no questions asked. Find us in the Lave Business Directory. I'd got into debt as a result of a massive counter-lawsuit by Watt and Pritney. It happened because I'd taken advice on Python protection insurance from... Wait a minute! It was you! Cowell and McGrath. Minimum liability, zero accountability. Warning. Balances may go up as well as down. Missed payments may lead to repossession of your ship, seizure of cargo, or the issuing of a death warrant. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Are you thinking of suing over missold Python protection insurance? Had an accident in an airlock or slipped in a space station cargo bay and thinking of suing for compensation? Well, don't. I tried to take my ship commander to court for making fertiliser out of my crewmates. Legal fees have left me with nothing, and now I'm hungry. All the time. At Watt and Pritney, we take small print very seriously. We have a massive team of lawyers just waiting to block your case and ramp up your legal costs. I wanted a simple, no-win, no-fee arrangement. My case got blown out of the water by Watt and Pritney, and now I have to rent out my arse for hydrogen fuel. At Watt and Pritney, we have a saying. If you don't want a beating, stay out of our court. I was savaged by a wild creature whilst fixing a vending machine. Can't I claim compensation? No, you can't. Because we have a massive team of lawyers, and you're just someone who works for a living. Watt and Pritney. Don't even think about it. And welcome back. For those of you who are watching on Twitch, you would have seen the Frontier video which shows updates, eights, incoming features. And I must admit, I think this is it's been quite a while since I've, I've felt a little bit optimistic about the upcoming content. And uh, yeah, this this was definitely one of the ones that, that did the job for me. Um, obviously, there are four issues that they, they they were talking about on the um, on the live stream they're going to continue with the fps performance um they have said that they are looking at further uh, optimizations um which uh, if i remember rightly last time they were discussing uh, update 8 they were saying that there were 
confident about the the way that update eight was going to improve performance. Um, there's anti-aliasing on foot. Uh, the FPS spluttering problems with the on-foot settlements, which have been problems since Update 5. And there's a ship launch fighter uh, potential exploit, which they've looked at. Um, Crash, you want to talk about the performance issues? Yeah, I think, I mean, they've mentioned some of this before and uh, and some, some of the significant things they said were coming in, in Update 8. Uh, I don't think they've really explained it in detail, but I think uh, there's internal work on improving like how threading is used in, in the engine and stuff like that optimizing it because of course there's there's different branches internally of the game used for different projects so i think a lot of that cross-pollination is coming over from other teams and hopefully that will uh, improve a lot of the the, the things that we're we're seeing um again with the nav meshes and stuff was something which was done in seven as further improvement on that so you know i think i'm confident they're going to do it I, I can see on my machine that there's a lot of headroom um uh, until like in update six, I was only using about twenty percent CPU and uh, and twenty percent of the GPU, which seemed really strange. It wasn't really using it. Now I'm seeing actually less GPU, uh, less CPU usage, and the GPU is about fifty. So there's you know definitely some work in the right direction there. But I think the biggest problem they've got is trying to get that to work on all of the different variations of machine out there. Like you've seen yourself, you, you're yeah. seeing significant drops in performance in some area. And I still see it in some things like in, in some settlements, for example, I'm dropping below 20 FPS at some for no reason. And then suddenly it jumps back up. So that stuttering is something which is a multifaceted problem with a lot of different angles that they need to solve to get that working. But I'm confident they can do it. Yeah. Uh, Shan, you've got a question for Crash. Um, yes, yeah, so as you were saying that, Crash, I, I was wondering in... In your view, and this is purely an unfair question, so tough, <laughs> but um, in your view, do you think a console version is viable based on where they say we're at in that the bulk of improvements is now done and with a bit more to do? Because I'm not sure they'll ever get a console version working as smoothly as maybe players would like. I would say, and this might be a little bit controversial, but in, in my experience with building things, um, I would say actually a console version is is actually more viable than, than uh, solving all of the problems they have because the thing you have with a console platform is, is a fixed target to aim for. So you know exactly how much headroom you have. You know exactly... Um, you know how much cash you have to play with in order to uh, optimize certain certain loops within the game and things like that. That's something you can't guarantee on PC. So you have to kind of build either a kind of a generic solution to the problem, which will fit most cases. Um, Isn't what minimum specs are for though? That's your baseline. You're ending at. It's not even that simple, unfortunately, because PCs is su it's such a complex platform now that even a machine which meets the minimum spec may not be the same as another one which still does um for example I mean, my, my my son's machine i recently upgraded it up until recently he was running a core i7 920 it was my original Mahalem four core processor um very capable uh, chip it's lasted for you know, 11 years it's done quite well and i've just recently upgraded into a little amd chip which has virtually the same clock speed uh it's also quad core but it's much more capable CPU with much better instruction set features, much better cache, um, just generally a better chip overall. Technically, when you look at minimum specs and something says you need a 2 gigahertz quad-core CPU, both of those machines would be capable. But they would function wildly different in the engine. 
and that's the problem you've got with building something for the PC platform. Whereas on the console, you've got a single known hardware platform that you're aiming for. You know exactly how it's going to be performing in multiple scenarios, so you can build and customize the engine to fit that scenario perfectly. Um, so yeah, I think I think they absolutely could hit that target. Do you think they can even hit that target, even if that target is, say, a PS3, which is obviously getting on a bit now? But it's not coming out in a PS3. Sorry, PS, uh, uh, PS4, sorry, I meant. The original baseline PS4, yeah. I mean, obviously they would, they would have to make um, you know, cuts and, and reduce the, the graphics quality and things like that. They would have to kind of uh, work around the limitations of what the hardware does, but ultimately they can optimize it better than they could for the wide range of uh, PC hardware. They've got a better, better goals to aim at, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I just wonder, just like with the VR, you know, the PS5 would be able to do PSVR in Elite Dangerous no problem. The PS4 couldn't. Yeah. And I just wonder if the PS5 could do Odyssey, but the PS4 can't. It, it, they might well have that same problem. I mean, I don't know what hardware target they're aiming for yeah. with it. Um, I don't know if they've announced what platforms they want to do it on. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, for me, it, it's, I see it as a, it's an easier target to aim for. Still challenges. There's still compromises you'd have to make in order to, to, to fit that platform. But ultimately, yeah, I don't see why they couldn't do it. Yeah. Um... I must admit, I mean, uh, I think the main concern, I think, with the PC community is that last time uh, the Xbox, when the Xbox version was released specifically, there seemed to be a downgrade in quality on the PC. And um, I think I think some people are concerned that, you know, when the console version comes in, that's going to hit us again. Didn't we ask um, a CM that question a while back? And we were told it wasn't a downgrade, it was optimizations. And you know what you call that? <laughs> Communication! <laughs> yeah. Um, right, well, leaving the performance issues aside, let's have a look at some of the content that they're expecting to... Uh, that they're hoping to ship with Update 8. Um, there's quite a lot there. Update 8... Number one on the list. We've been wanting it. It's emotes. Oh seven oh seven oh seven. <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah. I mean, when when I first saw the trailer that you that was played earlier, when they did the salute, it reminded me of the Arnold Rimmer salute. <laughs> they were doing they were doing that on the stream. I mean, Sally was doing the Arnold Rimmer salute specifically oh, yeah, exactly. just to keep people happy. <laughs> yeah, um, it is. But to be fair, I mean, I'm being I'm being a bit picky, but again, I'm allowed to. Is emotes are well and good, and yes, people have asked them for. But unless you have a proper chat system to go along with it, they're just meaningless gestures. If you see what I mean, you need the chat system. But there to is go a chat. along with you. Yeah, but it's not. It's it's not a. It's not what I would call something that would support the use of emotes. From a role-play perspective, it's not sufficient to support emotes. Um, well, I, I think the community will surprise you there, uh, Shan, to be honest. Um, right, to, uh, to um, just to clarify, this is actually the first set of emotes that you're going to get in the game. Um, this set includes the wave, the applaud, the point, the agree, 
the disagree, stop, go, and of course, salute. Now, these emotes, they're claiming to be context sensitives, so they can be directed towards fellow commanders. So the point emote will also provide in-world markers to highlight points of interest for other commanders in your team so that you can use these um, emotes as hand signals while you're running around your CZ. Um, Chan? Well, based on what we saw on Ben's stream with New World, I wonder if we will get arcs for emotes. Well, that's what uh, I asked that question in the stream and was ignored. Um, but it does seem quite logical to me that um, this is very much along the lines of um, right, okay, that's your basic stuff. You'll be able to do everything you need to with the basic stuff. If you want anything more, like silly dances or you know the the usual um, stuff that happens in MMO emotes, I think that we're go going to be having to use our arcs to get those kind of packages. You see, I find that vaguely unsettling, personally. Well, I'm used to it. Uh -huh. I know it's not paid Why to do you win. Why that unsettling? Because it just seems to cross a cross a line. See, the, the reason why you use emotes, I mean, you, use a couple, you can use them to troll your friends, and there's no middle finger emotes, so that's out for me. But um, you can use them to troll your mates or make a fool of yourself by jumping around, or you use them in a role-play uh, setting. Mm -hmm. And... From a role play perspective, why why would you have you have to pay arcs to be able to jump, for example, or do any emote or anything that a, another person could do? Why would I need? Why would I have to pay money to do that from a role play perspective? And I think it, it's almost like pay to be more realistic or pay to gesture. And I don't know. I, I just feel a little bit personally a little bit uneasy about it. Well, it's it's standard practice in most other MMOs. I mean, you say, for instance, in Soto, in Soto um, if you go in as a basic player, um, you've only got a restricted amount of emotes you can access. If you go in as a as one of the subscribed players, you get access to all the emotes. I, I didn't. I didn't say it was particularly. You know, this was a unusual thing. I'm just saying as a principle. I, I find it a little bit disconcerting to do that. When, when Ben showed the uh, pay for emotes on New World, that's what caused me to think, oh, that's a little bit, for me, a little bit over the line. Um, Again, personal point of view, but... Yeah, I mean, for I me, I'm not... Getting, sorry, okay, Colin. No, you I go first. I see you getting at Shan, but you could also do slash me slaps Shan in the face with a wet fish. So you can still do that. Um, you're okay, fine. You're not flossing or whatever. Yeah, but if you were going to emote something that's not displayed on screen, yeah, why would you? Why would you even push for emotes in the first place? It depends what things you're wanting to do. I mean, it's yes, it's adding in a little bit of realism, and they're adding in you know some of the basics like clap and salute and things like that. And I can live with that because that's just thank God it's so much better than squatting to recognise somebody. <laughs> taking the knee. Uh, yeah. there, was a point, there was a point made in chat. We, we're speculating here. We don't even know who will be sold for arts. Um, but, they work, general... but they have said this is the first pack of emotes. And when people have said, 
packs normally. You see, to me, these are the basic emotes. I'm fine with those. And everything the el- everything else, just like other flight suits and other um uh, and other, you know, ship skins, they're cosmetic. And as far as I'm concerned, that's fine. That that's viable for arcs. But emotes aren't aren't cosmetic. Well, I, th- I, I think they are. Emotes but... are completely cosmetic. Yeah, Crash, do you want to just jump in there? Oh, uh, I was just—you just triggered me with the tr- the flossing thing I had Fortnite <laughs> flashback. So I was, like, <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I, I I get both sides of the coin. I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it. I I don't like the idea of having to pay for things like that in game, but I also see that it's something that they could charge for it is optional it doesn't really affect your game it's nice if you've got it it's great that we get a whole bunch of stuff for free you know so that's that's nice we've got the basic emotes if we want more we can pay for it personally i don't see myself wanting to buy them but it's a nice option i'm glad okay. they put it in um, you say that crash how much would you pay for an armor drummer salute I probably wouldn't, to be honest. Okay, I mean, it would okay. be funny. I mean, it'd be funny. I'd like to see it. But once I've seen it, I'm like, yeah, that, I've seen it once. I, I but that crash, frontier you pay, between would, four and seven quid for it. But Crash, wouldn't you pay for a, like, a fond hey emote that you could do your squee to? <laughs> Matt, personally, no. No, I mean, I, I, I think things like that. It's like, yeah, they're funny once, but it's not something I'm engaged in spending money on, to be honest. <laughs> or how about how about you spend an arc? It takes one arc to pull one pose, but you can only use that pose once. <laughs> Paper pose. Oh no. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh, sorry, going on this on on the emotes and 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 that. I, I do kind of feel also a little bit like uh, Frontier have used the ideas that we've said to, to design their game for them, because emotes and stuff like that it should have been here from launch, to be fair, shouldn't it? I, I know we, we should be grateful they put it in, but it should have been in from launch, really, to be fair. Rush, you want to take that one? I, I was going to say it's a little unfair to make the assumption that... that weird you know take the credit for all that for a lot of yeah. the things that, that are going me, i think it's we the community yeah i, I mean no 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 no. i don't mean that any no, personally i mean like yeah I, I mean exactly that as i don't think it's something that hey we've come up with the idea as as a whole and they've just kind of okay we put it in it's great that they're responding to things like that but i think for a lot of that they they would have have to put a lot of groundwork in to make that possible to have the rigging uh, and the animation systems available to to make emotes so it's not something that they wouldn't have planned for it's just they may not have had time to get it ready there for launch so it just got deprioritized and put onto the you know we'll get around to that at some point so i i think it's it's too presumptuous to think that it's purely a community no, I, I was i was being i was being a bit disingenuous okay. because, <laughs> because as i say it's something as you said it should be there with launch and we're like four months after it was launched and it's only now releasing with features well, that see, this, should have been there at launch, and I don't know. You see, this is the kind of information that would have reassured me at launch to say, right, okay, um, this um, we know that you want emotes. Don't worry, emotes will be we we want to put emotes in at a later point, or the other things that we're going to discuss here. Um, because if they had said that when it, everything came out in May and everything kicked off, I probably would have been a lot more 
relaxed about the whole situation. This is this was the kind of information that I was asking for back then. Um, Crash, you mentioned the, the R word that that yeah. causes the guard frequency to go into spasms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and that, that's the problem. It, it's it's this concept of wanting a roadmap, isn't it? That that's the thing. Yeah. It's like we all want to know what the plan is. We all want to know where they're going with it. But with with a game like this, which is under constant development and and and, and changing all the time, um, it's very hard to plan out something like that and say what will or won't work, what is going to be in, what isn't going to be in. So like, it's very hard to make a roadmap on it. And we know that Frontier have kind of shied away from it because of all the leaks and everything else and all, you know, all the problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to know. But at the same time, it's like, it is nice getting the surprises because when we see all this in update eight, it's a nice bit of hype. We're seeing all of these bullet points which are like, oh yeah, that's nice, that's nice, that's nice. If it was in a roadmap, um, it would be like, well, where is it? Well, where is it? Well, where is it? Eventually, we get to the point where we're kind of fed up of hearing about it, and it's like, oh, it's in. Okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I must admit, when they announced this in the chat room, um, everybody, the chat room went mental. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> um, Sean, well, I was going to say about the whole roadmap thing, and yes, I kind of get some things they wouldn't be sure of, but. I think it would have made what happened on May the 19th a lot easier to defend mm-hmm. if they had communicated this sort of thing then. And particularly, I mean, whether it's a communications issue, I, I don't know, but it makes it a lot easier to defend if you have something you can point and say, look, Frontier said this, don't worry, in October, this is going to be, you know, these are the sorts of things you're going to be seeing. It just, it just helps fans of the company and, and of the game endure the bits in the, the bad bits and I think I think it's one of those things that they really missed a trick here I think <laughs> FDev's plan for Odyssey is about as useful as the Cylons plan in Battlestar Galactica says what, what the Winter keep, Mute <laughs> I'm going to say what, what keep copy pasting features all over again until we get used to them sorry mm. Yeah, um, <laughs> resurrecting old features that were in previous versions. Yes, so I, I will say in the comments, everybody went mental uh, about the, the emotes, and um, yeah, I, th- I think <laughs> that was just the beginner. Um, We'd known for quite some time that the four-player multi-crew was coming. I wasn't expecting it this early. Um, but it will be coming in update eight. Um, this means there's an extra seat aboard the Anaconda, the Beluga Liner, the Federal Corvette, the Imperial Cutter, the Type 9, Type 10, and the Alliance Crusader. So that is basically four players. Yeah. Not one plus else four, find, just four. You know, think one of these is, is not like the others. Go on. Oh, Anaconda, Beluga, yes. Yes. Corvette. Mm-hmm. Cutter, Type mm-hmm. 9, Type 10. They're yep. all pretty damn big. Yes. And then you've got Arthur's favourite ship. No, it's not. It's That's not Arthur's favourite ship. Well, the, he, Arthur is the... Not the Crusader, the Chieftain, but same same model. Yeah, but well, the, 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 the Crusader is the Sardine edition. The, the Orange Sidewinder edition of the Crusader of having all the crew in... Yeah, I just find the Crusader an interesting choice. Well, they had to have an alliance one in there properly, didn't they? 
They've got Type 9, Type 10. I'm more meaning just the size of all the other ships. You know, you've literally got all the big ones. And the um, Crusader. Just a question on... on um, I crashed it desperate, so I, I won't ask mm. his question. But my question is, we can only have two fighters out and one person flying the ship. Mm-hmm. What's the fourth guy going to do? And Not also... Does that mean the four player ships have an extra pip above three players? Yeah. It's, it's funny that I asked those exact same questions in the chat room and yet again I was ignored. <laughs> it's one of those things where um I think we're going to be hearing over over the next um next couple of weeks. Crash. I mean, call me daft. It's been a while since I've done anything multiplayer, but I thought it always was four player. No, it no, was three. three. It was so, always three, and that's one thing that really, um, I think, got everybody because they went, "Well, weird. you get four in a wing. How come you can only have three in your ship?" Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that just goes to show how much, how much. There, see, that's my concern though: is how much can you still do even with four players in multi crew? Because, like, like we were just hinting on there, it was like, what's the other player going to be doing there? I mean, turrets, yeah, fighters, yeah, okay, but... Yeah, you can have two... You see, this is a thing that I was asking. I was asking, does that mean we're going to be getting extra pips? Does this mean we're going to have more than one player able to use the turrets? Um, Does this... You know, multi-crew has been one of the big three things which has been neglected for the last goodness knows how long, since 2.3, really. Um, And I think it's... yeah. I mean, yes, you can be have the SRV as one of your your crew, because um, that's one of the advantages of um, of Odyssey. But um, yeah, I, I'm not quite so sure how many. I know it's not going to happen, but you know what I would love. You want an engineer to run around your ship? Oh, not necessarily running <laughs> around with the ship, which I would love. But mm-hmm. how about a proper engineering role, not just. Bal- an extra pip, but balancing shields, maybe mm-hmm. um, redirecting power from life support to you know, proper engineering. You are so job. love bridge crew. I'd do that <laughs> job. Ben, you'd let me engineer your ship to to divert power to life support and things, wouldn't you? Uh, this is why I wear a remlock when I'm playing uh, Pulsar. I mean, maybe the maybe the fourth crew member is like I don't know, Councillor Troy in Next Generation. She, she just sits there and does nothing apart from the. Hey, she did command that one time. Um, if I remember rightly, didn't the actress complain that her entire purpose was to be on the bridge and look pretty? Yeah, exactly. So, so you know, that's what the fourth crew member could be, the Councillor Troy. I mean, that's yeah. why. That's why the the original security chief left because they wouldn't give her anything decent to do. Oh dear, yeah. So, I mean, it's been a while. I mean, one of the things that I've noticed about the um, uh, the the whole teams thing, not the multi crew, the teams things, because they set things out in in a group of four, and I think they've had problems going. Well, that technically means you're going to have one person who can't get on the ship <laughs> the scrappy do because <laughs> no one wants to take a scrappy do <laughs> or so that they had to put an extra seat in somewhere i wonder how that will affect the stability of the game because multi-crew is all 
has always been slightly flaky, isn't it? Actually, I think multi-crew in in Odyssey is a vast improvement over the multi-crew in um, in Horizons. I think this is one of those ones where um, the rose-tinted glasses have come out. Um, Crash? Yeah, that's a, one of those things that's been hot and cold for me. Like, um, yes, the multi-crew stuff seem to work better but then i've had scenarios in odyssey where it's just been diabolical and i'm mm. i can't sync up with someone and we're, we're we're losing progress as we're working on something together and stuff like that so it's been a bit hot and cold with me but i mean i do know that they they did spend a lot of time uh rebuilding all of the systems for that so uh, i guess there's an improvement overall yeah did they give any limitations sorry did they give any limitations as to what these four players could do? So, for example, if you put four SRV hangers in your ship, could you, like, have a mini wacky races with four players? I mean, I think, I suppose you could, but you'd still have to have the... You see, I don't I don't know whether or not you can do this in uh, present multi-crew, is whether or not if you've got a crewman, whether or not you can assign them as the pilot and then the rest of you all get into your SLVs and then you you drive about while the the pilot holds on uh, who can follow you about. It wouldn't matter anyway, Colin, because basically your ship would get demit, uh, dismissed. You drive off however far you drive off. Mm-hmm. You then resummon your ship and it crashes into the planet. <laughs> so it's going to be the same results whether you're multi-crewed or not, I'd, expect, I'd imagine. No, what I'm, try- what I'm trying to remember is that can you actually um, have one player as a gunner um, and two players uh, in fighters and then you have your crewman fly the ship? Is that still possible at the moment? I would not trust one of my crew members to fly my ship. Yeah, well, the, you don't trust... You can't- I mean, After the way you've treated them, I'm not surprised. They're complete moronic. They're just, oh, shit, they're terrible pilots. Oh, you mean the crewmen, not not your mates in your ship? You mean your... No, all of them, anyone else. Anyone except me. Terrible, wouldn't... (laughs) Anyone who's not Shan. Um, Do do we know if the four-person crew will be Horizons or will it be Odyssey only? Yeah, no, that was an interesting one because I thought that... um, uh, I've got a sneaking suspicion it can only be Odyssey. Which, of course, is going to be a problem for Horizon players. So that would imply then the fourth Councillor Troy is actually an SRV or on could foot. Be an SRV. Or on yeah. foot. I mean, technically, you could all be on foot and one person flies the ship. So you've got three, a team of three and, and, uh, and someone on, on support. It'd be cool if you have like a dropship module, so you could just drop mm. crew members like a dropship. That that would be nice. I mean, I, m- I must admit, I do like the uh, the dropship mechanic when we're actually uh, uh, heading to a CZ. That's... And then and then you could do science. How high? What's the highest you could drop a crew member and then <laughs> still survive? Should have known, really. <laughs> it's the watermelon test all over again. Um, right, well, moving away from the uh, four-player multi-crew, um, they're going to put an extra four engineers in uh, Colonia, which will offer various ways to enhance your weapons and suits. Um, 
No, this is a big one. The Megaship Interiors. With Update 8, Megaships will receive interiors for commanders to visit once they have docked. These interiors will offer services that can be found in stations such as Vista Genomics and Frontline Solutions and obviously all the shops that you need. Now, Rescue Megaships are excluded from this, uh, but... Yeah, so that's another new, that's another concourse layout that they're putting together because they're not having it the same as the others. Um, I, it, you reckon this is a good idea, Chan? Possibly. I'm trying to remember what are dockable mother um, mega ships already. How many are there? Because we're differentiating mega ships and carriers at the moment, aren't we? So I'm yeah. trying to think. I mean, there's a few installations that you can't dock at. But they're not mega ships. I'm trying to think. Other than Gnosis, anyone anyone think of any more? Um, no, but there are a couple of them more that you can you can dock at. I mean, I remember that the uh, the one that Gary Fisher it? was. Uh, there's the one. There's Outlook, isn't it? At HIP. Mm. I think there's a certain type that you can still dock with, but uh, we'll we'll have to have a look at that. I think they're putting a lot of these mega ships out there in in remote locations so that people can gain access to suits without having, without having to go back to the bubble. And that was something that you were quite enthusiastic about, Sean. Well, it is, but you still have to go out of your way to, to find a mothership that's, um, mm. that's there. So it, it, you know, it's a little bit like saying, well, there aren't any services on the N25, but I can, but I can drop off a Heathrow on the way. Yeah, well, we'll 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 touch on some of the other things that they're going to be putting that they're they're going to talk about uh, in a minute. Um, right, next on the list, well, the last last ones really, the last couple. <laughs> now they they say they managed to fix all the Horizon cosmetics in Odyssey. Now um, these were the cosmetics that would work with your flight suit. Um, they now say that they've managed to fix all the uh, cosmetics uh, so that uh, you you can actually put on your uh, your dashing white uh, you, you know your hand solo outfit again um crash did they specify whether or not that will go over your other suits or is it only your basic flight suit it's only your basic flight suit uh, see the <laughs> I, I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to go in a concourse and wear exactly what I was wearing in Horizons because I bought that stuff specifically because I like the look of it. But still, it's kind of like, oh. But as long as you're wearing, you see, if you if uh, how it works at the moment is that if I, I I've got one of my uh, costumes, I've got my I got my flight suit, I've got my other uh, Odyssey suits, but my flight suit is set up with my Horizons gear on it. Hmm. So all I have to do is flip through to that particular suit, and that's it. I've got my I've I've got my my leather flying jacket and all the the stuff that goes with it to walk around the concourse with. Um, okay, so, I mean, I've got that on mine now. So what exactly have they fixed? Was there just certain elements that didn't work? Or uh, yeah, apparently there was a lot of um, quality control issues um, and things like that. Yeah, um, I was gonna sorry, Colin. I, I was gonna ask when they say all, do they mean all? For example, the uh, Lavecon suit skin. Do they mean that one or the the Frexpo skin? Do they mean it, that one? All it says is Horizons Cosmetics in Odyssey. They are confirmed that this work is complete. So, I'm assuming 
yes. And if they if they haven't done it, then we can flag it up and say, no, you haven't done it. <laughs> well, either way, it's a nice fix. It's good. Mm. No, this one is the one that I'm looking for. After all that, this is the one that I'm really interested in. Um, from now on, mission additions and improvements will be made uh, to Odyssey missions. Um, they're going basically the the missions are going to receive additional wrinkles that will involve um, either hostile agents in space or while you uh, who will try to intercept you en route um, contacts that you meet in settlements uh, there would there might be someone who will be out there to stop you from basically doing your um, uh, your data downloads or uh, that nice easy transport job or NPCs that you're attempting to scan may run off to the shuttles and flee to hyperspace so that um, you can <laughs> that assassination mission ain't going to go too well Shan I mean that sounds really cool I'm not sure about um, using shuttles to flee to hyperspace because it almost sounds as though you need to have someone waiting for them because you can't shoot down shuttles so there's yeah. absolutely no point in getting in your ship and chasing after it because you won't be able to shoot down the indestructible adder they're using. Well, um, I don't know. They haven't said whether or not they can do that. Well, if I they're can... using an Apex taxi, then you can't interdict them. Mm. Well, actually, have you ever tried to interdict an Apex taxi? Yes, it wouldn't let me. Oh, right. Back in the Alpha. I tried to interdict Ben and it wouldn't let me. Well, I'm thinking it might let you interdict an NPC ship. It might not allow you to interdict a player ship, but it might not. It might let you interdict an NPC ship. That'd be different. You mean like a scripted taxi? Hmm. Hey, there you go. A scripted taxi. So, um, yeah, Crash, you were on about the fleeing. Yeah, I mean... I, I really hope that this pans out. I, I'd like the idea of them being more dynamic, some more stuff. I, I can imagine a scenario you can have, like you're just sent into covert, steal something from a settlement, but someone assassin's been sent after you to try and stop you, and there's like a you know a high power NPC which lands after you land and is trying to seek you out on the settlement. You know, there's some interesting scenarios we can do there. Um, in terms of the fleeing, I really, really hope they use that as an opportunity to make the um, I was going to say hyperspace clade analyzer. You could tell I've been playing Frontier last week, but the wake scanner more more usable. I would really love to see some persistence between hyper jumps, so that um, if you are chasing an NPC and they they high wake out, that they actually spawn reliably in the next system when you follow them over. That would be so fantastic to be able to chase someone from place to place like that. I really hope that's something they can do with the new mission system. Yeah, Sean. Well, I mean, it, I'm. I'm sure Crash never did this in the in Frontier Elite 2, but the way to do assassination missions then was you would wait until the time they said they were leaving, just hover above the uh, this place, and then blow them up when they took off. So there wasn't any of this chasey chasey across the galaxy. You just hovered around waiting for them to come out. Well, see, yeah. I, I I did do those. <laughs> I love doing those missions, actually. But um, I never blew them up immediately as they came out of the station. I, I I scanned their cloud and then followed them to the next system. Yeah, well, you see. Like, so yeah. well, there's, no, there's no point. You get a huge bounty on your head, and then you lose half of the, the profit of handing it in. So, yeah. Right. Well, I mean, overall, Update 8. Um, are you looking forward to Update 8, Shen? 
I think so. I mean, there's a few things you raise questions about, like the multi crew and the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the emotes and things. But again, if this had been in a roadmap or something hints of it, then it would have taken a, a reasonable amount of heat away from Frontier and yeah. at least salvaged some of the reputation. So, yeah, that's one point: is that if they if they'd have been more upfront with what was coming or what they were thinking of doing, it would have been a lot easier for them earlier on the year. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. There's a there's the stars have aligned, isn't it? It's just something weird like that. Ben, are you looking forward to update eight? Well, of course I am. Yeah, I mean it's, it's things we've been asking for, things we're getting all all over it. Love it. Glad. Yeah. Excellent. About that time. <laughs> Crash. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It it feels like they're getting back on track with the things that they wanted to do post-launch now that are starting to see some progress with the performance. Um, they're actually finding some time to do the things which I'm I'm sure they they wanted to do but just run out of time. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, Shan, just quickly about the update. Well, yes, I, I was about to say, I mean, it goes some way to getting Odyssey on track, but in terms of the engineering mechanics, material drops, the whole thing that people have been talking about, the deficiencies in the gameplay, unfortunately at the moment, it doesn't touch those. And I, I hope it does later on down the line, but it would be good to know whether they are going to address gameplay and mechanics. Because you remember back at the Pillion Ants poll we did um, about what the main cause for um, Odyssey's perceived failure. And it was like 70% was poor design straight gameplay. And unfortunately, I don't see how Update 8 addresses the concerns of that 70%. Well, I, I would actually point out one thing, and that's the thing we've just been discussing. Uh, the main issue that I think a lot of well that I have with Odyssey is the fact that the the on foot side of things and the um, in ship side of things feels so disjointed. Uh, hopefully, with the mission additions that the, they've promised for eight, that will begin to 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 feel like one whole proper game again. And I think that this is where the if they've got that right, I think that is a step in the right direction. Maybe, but combat's still a DPS race. Uh, well, we're going to leave it just there because there are there is a little bit more that they've put in, and this was kind of like and one final thing at the end of an Apple conference. Um, they've they've said there are f- three major features which are in development, uh, and they're going to be releasing updates beyond update eight. So this is nine or uh, or later. Um, the first one is. Drum roll, please. A twin seat combat SRV. A new SRV. It's only been six years. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it, it's just like a learner driver car, so dual controls or something. <laughs> no, I think, well, it's supposed to be multi crew, so you, you have one person driving, one person in the turret. So that means I can kill two people with one dumb fire now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, they're, they're thrilled to announce it. They'll, they'll be showing off more details about it later. Um, it's a twin-seat combat SRV, um, a full reveal, including a deep dive into its features and capabilities, can be expected closer to release. So, yeah, soon, TM. Um, in addition, they've said um, 
well, item two is even further mission additions and improvements. So this will build on what comes on update eight uh, with more uh, extending the Odyssey mission set with uh, more variety and making the gameplay experience much more dynamic. Yeah. And then, then we have the big one, which should keep Shan happy. Um, oh, right. Do you want to jump in beforehand? Well, I was... I'm a bit reluctant to key on their um, future updates thing. Twincy Combat SRV. Yeah, I can see that. That could be fun. It'd be quite good to be able to do other things with new SRVs, but it's a start. The further missions and thing. I'm curious to see what they are, but for me personally, the the main deficiency of Odyssey is in the combat mechanics. I, I, as I said, it's a DPS race. It's bullet sponges. It's all this stuff, and being able to being able to do something a different way doesn't really address the fundamental combat mechanics. Right. And okay. You've said, Jan, you've said it before. You've said it again. In the, yeah, yeah. But I'm, now, I'm talking you've about. You've said it three times. We've had enough. Well, that, that, okay. Fair <laughs> okay. But then the but then on the fleet carrier interiors, we haven't. Yes. I haven't even got to that bit yet. I was trying to preempt you. Yeah. Go on then. Go on with it. Hurry up. Oh, oh, that's that's very nice of you. Thank you. I'll go ahead. And finally, the the one thing that Shan has been so eager about is the fleet carrier interiors. Um, these are <laughs> obviously they heard a lot of um, nagging, and they have announced the the interiors to these mega ships, uh, and they'll give us more details soon. So. Hopefully it'll be like the mega ships with with all the shops, or you have to, or even better, you have to actually buy the shops. What I want to know is whether or not if you're on the concourse, you'll see what a jump looks like from inside the ship. Shan? Yeah, that's what I was about to add. Is I, I wouldn't want another um, shopping centre concourse. <laughs> I, I want to be on the bridge. I want to be able to look out and survey my ten billions worth of carrier. <laughs> and you... see it see it jump and you know or, or just do other things i don't know have a remote control for the guns on it or something so you can shoot the ships coming to dock anything like that yes shooting yes you you have docking clearance commander ben boom <laughs> and if it's no boom today it'll be boom tomorrow crash I, I gone I'm calling it now. I think even if we do get a view out like that, we're gonna have shutters that come down like taking the power down on a settlement. <laughs> I absolutely call it. We're the first person to do it is gonna be sat there as like, yeah, jumps charging, jumps right. Last thirty seconds of the jump, shutters will come down, you won't see anything. <laughs> ah I know. I know, I must admit. Um for those of you who do who have seen um fleet carriers jump, there is a point where I don't think they've got it right because you can see the ship disappear into the cloud, but it also hasn't completely disappeared. I don't know whether they've fixed that yet. Um, so yeah, that's the whole of uh, update update four, September's update. Overall, um, Sean, do you think that they're keeping their promise about improved communication? Um, well, it's a development update, so. It doesn't give any dates or anything like that, does it? Or any or any details. So yes, in, in terms of roadmap of what's in the next release, yep, check they've they've done that. What could be in future content? 
at no specified date. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, obviously, you always want more detail, and they'll always never get you as much detail as you like. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in terms of in terms of, of scope, yeah, it's 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 a better dev update than we had last time. I think in terms of what's happening. Uh huh. Um, ben, what do, do you think that they're um, same question to you? I mean, you you think that they're improving the communication with these? Yeah, I'll go with Shannon. It's better than it was. Um, it's given us something to look forward to. And Which that's, I think, yeah. That, that's the important thing. Hmm. Um, yeah, because after Odyssey was released, it felt, yeah. oh, there's nothing to look forward to. There's just, this is it. And everybody else will just got... Yeah, um, so there's stuff to look forward to. That's a good thing. There's... We'll just have to see, though. Um, it's I, I, how do I say this? It's not the communication I'm wanting, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm glad we've gotten hope, mm-hmm. but as Shan said, we could have done with this five months ago. <laughs> yes, oh, um, no. I think we can we can all agree with that. And I, so, yes, it's great we've got it, and I feel like I feel like I'm being really negative in the fact that they've given it to us, but I kind of like well, it's about time, and that. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, I know what you're getting at. Um, Crash? Yeah, I think it, it, it's a nice breakdown. Nice high-level bullet points. Um, I think it's definitely clearer, easier to see You know where they're going. It's nice to see what they're immediately going to do in the next update and what they're hoping to do in future updates. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's better. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree with with my other um, radio hosts here. I mean, I think one of the main problems that I had with the release of Odyssey was the fact it felt like there wasn't any um, uh, any hope, if you like, about the situation. And it has admitted, admittedly, since these developer updates have come out, hope is slowly returning that uh, they're that you know this will end up being uh the product it should be um we don't have a date for um update eight yet um if it went like uh last month then it will be the third week uh of the month um so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see halloween update Halloween update, yeah. Um, right, so moving on from there, we will quickly touch on what the community has been up to this week. Um, the first thing is that the Burr Pit has been doing some um, Elite Odyssey instancing tests. Uh, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes for this, but my goodness, uh, did they make a fantastic video here showing, um, I think in one instance, 35 commanders all in the same instance performing maneuvers over a nice planet. Uh, just quickly, Ben, what did you think? It was glorious. It was absolutely beautiful to watch. Um, I mean, yeah, you can't say. It, it's just, it looks so beautiful. Yeah. It, it, it is amazing because um, we know that... Uh, when you want some good camera angles, uh, the, oh. the birds are the people to call. And yeah, yeah. They've, they've done a fantastic job there. Rainy um, always does a great job. Yeah. Uh, Crash. See, I, I loved it. I think it was great what they did. Um, but I'm on, I'm on the other side of the fence for what you had 
earlier, Colin, is unfortunately I've always seen really, really bad problems in-game with networking and stuff like this. So it's fantastic when I see people achieving this, but I can't even get stable with one other player. (laughs) So it's kind of disappointing. I desperately want to enjoy co-op, but every time I try to engage in it, something goes wrong. Like the networking just falls apart on me. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is good to see that the game is capable of doing it, assuming uh, I'm just going to blame my terrible internet connection. <laughs> so it's, it's nice to see that, that it's possible and you can have some really fantastic uh, scenarios set up by players getting together. Excellent. Um, Shan, have you seen this? Or is it, yeah, is it, is it... I, I, as I said, I, I, I dread to think how long it took to set it all up to get the video. Um, um... They ended up with two instances with around 15 uh, commanders in each, and then they winged everyone together in one instance of 35 commanders. Uh, One ship was destroyed, and that commander instance back in without any problem whatsoever and without being in a wing. Uh, The police report there were no appreciable uh, lag spikes reported from everybody, and it ran very smoothly and was a very positive experience to take part in. Did so, they have? Did they have people all on the ground running around as well? Yes, they did, and also, uh, like, um, <laughs> like Crash posted in our chat room, a whole load of um, uh, adders taxis were called. Which <laughs> just, no adders were harmed in the making of this video. Which you know, I was I was well on board until I just saw the adders come down. I thought, oh, you you spot it now. You spot it now. Um, now, next one. Do you want your name on a tourist beacon? You can have your a tourist beacon named after you, as um, Bruce posted on the um, uh, on the forums last Thursday that there is a tourist beacon competition. We will put the link in the show notes so that if you haven't entered it by which I think the closing date is the thirtieth of September, so you haven't got long. <laughs> By the time this goes out, it might be over. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, it's um, uh, your chance to get your name on one of the tourist beacons in that competition. Uh, now, the Canon Research Group have a speed scanning challenge. Um, in the inner Orion Spur, about 300 light years from Seoul, uh, took an A sector uh, AF A D714E is a thousand kilometer radius rocky body with a thin carbon dioxide atmosphere, and it supports nine different life forms. It's worth a modest 2 million credits at Vista Genomics, and the system was visited by Commander Yanosh, who analyzed the, bio- the biology uh, in a leisurely 20,264 seconds or 5 hours and 37 minutes and 44 seconds. Your task is to beat this record in the shortest time possible. The fastest time to perform all three scans of a single species at the time of writing is 49 seconds. So we expect the winner to complete all nine scans in less than 25 minutes and must sell their data. Hang on. They perform the fastest time to perform all three scans of a single species. All right, it's 49 seconds. So someone's managed to scan one species in 49 seconds. But at the moment, it's, the record stands at 25 minutes. Um, 
Don't worry, if you're unable to enter the competition at this time because of hardware issues, they'll be rerunning this competition on the same body in the future where all commanders have an, an opportunity to take part in. Um, so, uh, if you want to, we'll, we'll get put our uh, the link to this in the show notes so that you can uh, catch up with uh, this. Shan? I wonder if this is a prelude to, if you like, a, a rags for riches style route you know a rags riches gets you elite exploration by following a set route doesn't it, and scan this it does, scan. Yeah. I, I wonder if people are preparing a similar thing for visagenomics scanning go yeah. to this planet scan that do this scan that do this scan that well i will say one thing it'll take an awful lot more scanning if you don't get the first discovered and uh, it, it, it'll take you a lot longer. But then the Rose to Riches takes a while, doesn't it, as well? Oh, but this will take a lot longer than Road to Riches. Do we actually know the um, threshold per rank? Not at the moment. Not at the moment. Uh, I'm sure it's on the Elite Dangerous wiki, which, uh, yeah. Um, moving along, um, we'll, give some, we'll give the shout-outs, I think. Um, oh, before... I do that. Has anybody got any other business before I, I do go to the shout-outs? And um, don't we have some uh, other news? We did, we have one very important bit of news from last week on the twentieth of September. Okay. Well, we we covered that last week. <laughs> we covered that last week. Well, okay, you weren't here, Crash. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Um, there was one piece of news also we missed last week, which um, which I took actually was quite, made me quite sad, and that was the sad passing of Sir Clive Sinclair. Yes, um, Sir Clive, who... Uh, yes, it was a ZX Spectrum, which I first played my uh, first version of Elite on, and uh, yes, that was... He was like was. Elon Musk of the 1980s, wasn't he? Yeah, he was quite ahead of his time. It's just, I hate to say it, it's just that the products he was coming up with... Well, the tech were, wasn't there, was it? The, the tech wasn't there to support his ideas. Yeah, but the concept was... It, you know, it's definitely... It's the art typical It's the typical uh, definition of ahead of his time because, you know, he, he came up with a lot of these concepts except the, the technology wasn't there to support them. I'd say Elon Musk, if Elon Musk were even more insane than he currently is, maybe. <laughs> you know, Elon Musk on extra dope or something. Yes. Well, Elon uh, Musk with less hair. <laughs> well, okay. Well, we're going to move on to the shout outs now. Um, so, first of all, we know that Nat Wright um, is currently a friend of Nat Wright, who's a uh, uh, friend of the show of the, and of the truckers uh, who's always down they've gone um, she is currently in hospital on oxygen due to, due to COVID-19 we'd like to wish her all the best and hope that she gets well soon yeah. uh, we'll put a, a, a link on her on for her Twitter um, Shan? Uh, yeah I mean I, I, I've known that for many years and we, you know, we we wish her we wish her well. The the key thing is, and she put this on her tweet, is uh, she had decided not to be vaccinated, and uh, she she stressed in her tweet that if you haven't taken your vaccine yet, just get it, just do it, 
you know, forget forget the FUD. Um, there's a friend of ours, a friend of the show, in hospital because they hadn't got the vaccine. So we don't want any more. Thank you very much. Um, now, as outlined last week, uh, we would like to remind you that Dockers is doing a charity Christmas special. Shall we, shall we see if Karash wants to read the rewards this week? <laughs> no. Come, oh, come yes. on, please, yes. please. Yes, we have. I do to. like. I do like the last couple. That did make me chuckle reading the last couple. Or, or well, we could combine this with a psychic smart corner as well, really. Uh, well, I mean, Colin wants to go to bed, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, so bless him. Yeah, yeah. You've had a long day, mate. <laughs> I've had a very long day. Uh, so. Well, are you reading it out then, Crash? I can read it. No worries then. So we've got 11 tiers from the top. Five pound. You get to listen to the Christmas special in the comfort of your own home for no additional cost. Awesome. 10 pound. Listen to the Christmas special in the comfort of your own home for a small additional cost. 20 pound. Have your name read out by the narrator at the end of the show with the credits. 30 pound. Listen to the Christmas special in the comfort of your own home with a substantial additional cost. At £40, you get a lifetime supply of Gnosis avian cheese uh, while stocks last. Ten available, only in one block per lifetime. Believe me, that is enough. No refunds. First come, first serve. After ten blocks, you're allocated with a warden downgraded tier three. £50, a sketch featuring you, written and performed by the members of the cast of the truckers. To be clear, when we say members, we don't mean penises. The segment will be five minutes long. £200, a character of your choice will perform a sex act on you during the show. This is a dramatisation, not an actual sex act, you sicko. At £500, you get a character of your choice will perform an enjoyable sex act on you during the show. This is also a dramatisation, not a sex act, you sicko. Enjoyment is not guaranteed. And at £1,000, we have... We will have your ears surgically removed so you would never have to listen to the show again. Sounds like a bargain, I think. Need I tell you, this is a satire and not a cure for any body dysmorphia. And last but not least, my two favourite ones. At £10,000, the episode will be set in the Star Citizen universe. I'm going to see what my credit card limit is. And 11th place, we have £11,000. Are you a farmer, bro? We will record a 40-minute episode exclusively for you. No one else will be able to listen to it, unless you let them. (laughs) <laughs> so head on over to justgiving.com slash team slash beyond dockers um, and as part of that we'll just say hello to our sister station Hutton Orbital Radio they broadcast on a Thursday at 8.30 you can tune in at twitch.tv Hutton Orbital Truckers or if you just want the audio go to radio.forthemug.com for the descending commander who likes a bit of CQC action, check out the CQC Discord at discord, uh, discord.me slash Elite Dangerous CQC. We'll give some shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts which have appeared. Uh, that's Allagrab AM, Black Sky Legion, uh, the Canon Podcast, the Elite Cast, as I have been told that's the proper pronunciation by Commander Wotherspoon. Um, the Fatherhood Podcast, Flight Assist, The Guard Frequency, Loose Screws. Uh, we've got Ben, Kai, and Sue talking with zero prep. Uh, we have Squeaking Fuel and System Chat. And for those that like a literary discussion with sci-fi books, uh, sci-fi and fantasy books, uh, then there's the Data Slate Podcast by 
uh, Anne Lynn Stroud. Now, following on from this, we have the latest Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beheljud. And we'd like to thank everybody who's chipped in on the Twitch chat. And, well, there hasn't been any in-game commanders. Uh, so we just hope that uh, Ben has enjoyed his fishing. <laughs> we'll also say special thanks to Commander Tokoso who created the music for the introduction of the show. So that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio. Tweet us at laveradio. And you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, and you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Crash, thanks to Ben, and thanks to Shan. And special thanks, of course, goes to today's tech specialist, the Chris Mark IV. Um, until next time, Commanders, fly safe. But if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's like someone having an orange inserted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see the galaxy. off and you can keep on buggering off. Galnet News Digest, 28th of September, 3307. We read the news... So you don't have to. In this week's news, a darker demon. The magic yellow tour bus. The mystery of the multiple engineers. Newsfeed Vox Galactica has published an article in which it speculates about the level of trust commanders have in the self-proclaimed saviour of humankind from the Thargoids, who styles himself salvation. With trust in Aegis at an all-time low, 
Those opposed to Salvation's attempts to build an anti-Xeno weapon in the Quarantar system resorted to direct action, with those opposed to the development of a superweapon and its potential risks, those who have concerns about Salvation's motives, and those who believe that aggression towards the Thargoids is morally or tactically wrong, banding together in a loose coalition to buy up the weapon parts which were disguised as basic medicines, and to destroy them. Some of the protesters used a Dump the Medicines banner to rally support. It's not clear whether this substantial protest impacted on Salvation's mysterious new weapon, but he seems nonetheless to have successfully wiped out the Thargoid presence in the system, with just a few crashed ships and Thargoid sensors left behind. The article reminds us that Salvation is seeking to replace the Tri-Superpower Agency Aegis as the rallying point for anti-Xeno research, development and combat. But it concludes, With so little known about this mysterious figure, are we replacing the Devil of Aegis with a darker demon? Commanders collecting data to allow Astrogator tours to establish new tourist destinations are being rewarded with ships from Astrogator's parent company, Saud Kruger. With the second tier reached already, these prizes are locked in, and it's just a matter of which commanders will earn them. The top 75% of commanders returning exploration data to Yule Port in Vistanis will be awarded a Class 3 business cabin. The top 50% will get that business cabin and will also be awarded a Class 5 first class cabin. The top 25% will get both cabins plus a dolphin in prestige yellow livery. The top 10% will get the cabins, the dolphin and will also get an orca in prestige yellow. And the top 10 contributors We'll get the cabins, the dolphin, the orca, plus a beluga in prestige yellow. Astrogator Tours likes yellow. In addition to all that, there'll be at least a 15% discount on dolphin, orca and beluga liner ships and on luxury passenger cabins and at least 10% off paint jobs for the three ships. Plus around 50 lucky photographers who have photographed an amazing sight in an uninhabited system containing an Earth-like world, will have their names encoded into a tourist beacon at the place they took the picture. There have been stories of commanders selling days' worth of exploration data at Ewell Port without remembering to sign up to the CG first. This is generally considered to be a bad move. So don't forget to take a moment to check your sign-up before you repeatedly hit that sell page button. Ever since the first engineers began offering their services, they've offered a personal, bespoke service to commanders, tuning their thrusters, buffing their frameshift drives, shaving those last few grams of unnecessary mass from the life support unit. Until recently, they did all this work through a remote GUI. The client remained in the cockpit and selected the desired options, and the modifications were installed automatically and invisibly by efficient and scalable robotic assembly systems. It was, if you like, the drive-through operating model, and the only mystery was why the McFlurry machine was always broken. This all changed 
earlier this year, when commanders were finally able to get out of their spaceship and to meet the engineers face to face. The engineers hang out in a nook in the hangar, close to where the lifts would be. In fact, it looks as if the lifts are still there, but with a lot of heavy furniture pulled in front of them, so you can't see. The engineers don't want you wandering around the station. If you think about it, it's a little odd that the engineer's waiting for you in the exact hangar you land your ship in. These bases are busy places, with ships landing at the dozen or so landing pads every few seconds. The only reason they keep coming here is for engineering ship modifications, and the strange thing is, if you and a friend land at the same engineer's base at exactly the same time, each of you will find the engineer waiting for you in your hangar. If you brought eleven friends, every one of you would have the engineer in your hangar, giving you their undivided attention. How could this possibly be? It's a conundrum, almost on the scale of the Santa Claus conundrum, that baffled science for more than a thousand years, until it was discovered by an insomniac particle physicist that it was actually his parents leaving presents in his stocking. One explanation is that the engineers have access to time travel. Of course, we can all travel through time. If we're patient enough and we wait for a very long time, we can all travel forward to the future. The tricky bit, though, is travelling back in time. And the even trickier bit is knowing what to say to yourself when you bump into yourself at lunch. So, assuming the engineers are too embarrassed about meeting themselves to travel backwards through time and... Quite frankly, who wouldn't be? How can there be twelve copies of the same engineer at once? The two possibilities are A. They're holograms or B. They're clones. If they're holograms, their images should flicker and stutter slightly, move erratically with their mouth, slightly out of sync with their voice and there should be something of an uncanny valley effect. None of this is visible when you visit an engineer so the only logical explanation left is that they must be clones. Aha, you say. If you take a clone of an engineer, you don't immediately get another engineer the same age. You get a fetus that you have to gestate for nine months, and then you have to change nappies for a few more years and pay for school and a college education. Depending on the age of your original engineer, you need to wait at least 18 years until your newly cloned engineer is up and running to take on some of the work. How can this temporal anomaly be resolved? It's too far-fetched to imagine that somebody is mind-bogglingly, amazingly prescient and cloned the future engineer at an early age. Most engineers wouldn't make the grade and you really wouldn't want 12 copies of all the failed engineers to deal with. That would mean an awful lot of rather sinister occupied escape pods floating around. No, the real solution is far more straightforward. You wait until the engineer is successful and then clone them. But you send the cloned infant engineers back in time by whatever age the engineer is. The infants are too young to feel embarrassed at growing up in a class full of copies of themselves. Twelve five-year-old Elvira Martux in a single classroom. Or oh, twelve scowling teenage Todd the Blaster McQuins hanging round on street corners is a pretty terrifying thought, isn't it? Maybe there's a reason there's so many permit lock systems in the galaxy. And that's 
This week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We clone the news so you don't have to. <laughs> 